0: This is A Strategist, episode 1041. My name is Zane Belger. With me, as always, Corey Hogan, Stephen Carter. Guys, happy Sunday. Happy Big Announcement Day, Carter. It is here. The big announcement is that we are moving on from the Maharaja to better places to host our live show. That is right, Carter. <laughs> not, April 2nd. Not possible. Yeah, well, it's actually, it's not possible. The Maharaja uh, was not available. Uh, they told us to fuck off and never yeah, come never back. never come back. Um I wish they said they'd be very happy to have us again. Carter... However, we're doing a live show, and we're doing this one in Calgary. Give people the details, because the patrons have already had the details. I don't want to waste any time. Let's do this in the first minute.
1: April 2nd, 7.30 p.m. Uh, at the Grand Theater in Calgary. Tickets are on sale at uh, – Corey, what's the website again? I can never remember. It's the Strategist – This is where it gets confusing. Yeah, The strategist- it's one Four. It's either,
2: it's either the StrategistLive.ca strategistlive.ca, thestrategistlive.com, or strategistlive.com. Okay. Now, three of those four will lead to the right place. Oh. One of the four we had to give up because of a, a legal dispute we had with um, – someone yeah.
0: it doesn't, doesn't matter,
1: matter
2: who.
0: and i would suggest you do not go to that one whichever the one whichever one of the four it is yeah um every time- and it may or may not be the strategist live.ca. um
2: unless you don't live in calgary and you're trying to get to calgary in oh, that, which case you should go to that one as well as the other well three. they won't get to calgary if they go to that one they <laughs> might as well go to the they might as well go to the
0: other three <laughs> and just buy their tickets and, and not make any plans to get here because it'll be just as efficient as going to the StrategistLive.ca, which is a website they shouldn't go to in order to attend our live show. Uh, Carter, there's a few elements that you've uh, missed no, I didn't. Uh, about I our live said, show. which is did Shocker. Okay. okay. Well, shocker. Well, okay. okay. First of all, it is Sunday, April 2nd. Does it matter if, um, if you know it's April so,
1: 2nd? I mean, you'll be able to figure it out from the... I mean, it's our audience. I'm sorry. You're right. Okay, our I'm audience just, will I'm not sorry, be able yes. to figure that <laughs> yeah. out that's on me yeah that's my bad. That,
0: that's good you you're, you're welcome you're welcome carter yeah. for you and for the audience sunday april 2nd Corey, this is not a standard show uh this is a special show in preparation of the Alberta election do you want to tell folks what's going on
2: stephen carter myself we're going to square off against each other. We're each going to write a strategy for one of the two main parties in Alberta here, you know, yeah. the, the UCP and the NDP who gets, which one is actually a vote that our patrons have right now. I'm, well, you know, let's just say currently Stephen Carter, 57% of you want him to write the NDP strategy. Um, but Massive. given the hard right bend of our fan base, I actually assume the 50% of you who want me to write the UCP one is the, uh, you know, that's kind of like the seal yeah. of approval, I suppose. Yeah.
1: They want yeah. you to write it so they yeah, know uh, how Danielle can win. That's probably it, Corey. Yeah. There's, so, also, there's uh, also a third you're gonna, un, unsaid are you question. Are going to be there?
0: Well, okay, I'm, okay, not let me, I'm not clear on a, that. a couple of things here. Okay, a few things. Okay. Um, there's also a third option, which is Corey to do both, which is the one that a lot want but don't have an option to do. <laughs> no offense, Carter. <laughs> it's hurtful. Um, uh, I think that it isn't, isn't her. I think it's going to be good. This is going to be excellent. We've not done anything like this before. Think of it uh, like the Monk debates without the Laurentian elite bullshit uh, and the pretension. Well, uh, from the host, so none of that. I mean, it, be those there. are pretty bad. Yeah. So think of it. Think of it as as something better than the Monk debates. Uh, think of it as the Monk debates meets the Strategist uh, live show. Uh, meets a dumpster fire. Yeah. Uh, that, I think, is the perfect... uh well, Yeah, that, per- perfect yeah, sort that's of... Uh, about right. Yeah, 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 triangulation of what we're going to see. I will be there. Now, I'll be there in uh, in special guest format, which means I get to pop in however I want. This will be quartered back by our longtime host, um, I'm just going to look here, uh, Chester. Chester will uh, take the reins uh, in the form of Annalise oh, okay. uh, in this show, and, and, we'll, and we'll quarterback it. Is this like a being John Malkovich yeah. thing? Everything's like a being John Malkovich thing, Corey. Welcome. It's like... Adam <laughs> adaptation. The whole thing is like adaptation and being John Malkovich together uh, combined with uh, a dumpster fire. So that's probably the triangulation of the reference you're looking for. Which, by the way, being John Malkovich, um, I don't know if you know this, was the prequel
2: to date. Yeah. No, we did. Yeah, okay. okay. Did. You didn't know that. Knew okay, that.
0: perfect. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, April 2nd, live show Stephen Carter, Corey Hogan. Wait, the vote is Tickets on- are $30. They don't, they don't care. They're paying Endless anything. money these fuckers these, pay people, these people do not care. We are actually 50% sold out. That is not. There's a lot of bullshit on this show. There's two things that are not bullshit. Number one, there are four URLs and three of them lead to the ticket spot. <laughs> <laughs> one of them do that. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, we are actually yeah. nearly 50% sold out. Yeah, we are 50% sold out. Sold out. Everything yeah, else, yeah. we're actually talking to you in abstractions. We have no idea how the rest of it's going to yeah. work. When I say special guests, I might just be there the whole time. You might see more of me than anyone else. Who knows? That's quite possible. Quite possible. Yeah. Uh, but Carter, uh we are indeed 50% sold out, right? Just for verification from you. I know you're handling the ticketing on on, on which is a yeah, which is a big I
1: went I went and checked today. Yeah. Uh, I sent out a graphic of where we are to you guys. Uh I mean We're 50% sold out. No one more surprised, I think, than you, Zane. Both Corey and I predicted that this is where we'd be because we've done live shows before and we've seen a sales model before. Like, there's no question in my mind, we're going to be sold out by Thursday. So if people want to come to the show, they have to buy their tickets now. Um, Let me
0: tell
2: you something.
1: Right? uh, Or look for them on markup sites like... the Strategist Podcast, or whatever.
2: If, you think there's a secondary yeah, market for this? We will cause... set up a
0: secondary market. Yeah. It will be at thestrategistlive.ca after we yeah. sell out. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, I am
0: surprised that we're selling out, because we're like the fifth season of a UK TV show, which is, wait, what? Why are they doing a fifth season? That's, Didn't they peak like three years ago? Really? That's like us right now, Carter. That's hurtful. So yeah, really no, is there, there is... Yeah, Carter, there is... Uh, but surprisingly, people are still buying tickets. And you can, too... At the strategistlive.com, strategistlive.com, thestrategistlive.ca, don't go there, and um, thestrategistlive.com. There's also probably other sites that you can buy tickets on. You can probably even go to the Grand Theater on their website and buy the tickets, but why would you do that when we've given you four amazing on ramps to buy tickets? Corey, anything else to Three. say before we move? Well, we've given them four. I, I didn't say tickets to the show, to buy tickets cuz if it's they do true. go to the other side they can buy tickets right
1: yeah well um,
2: i mean these will for, this will this will sell out so our our last show was about 400 sold out in about a week our show before that was about 400 sold out in about a week you, you kind of buy now or you're going to be sad about it i think well
1: buy now you can sell them advice. you can sell them for a markup you
2: know oh Let's that's see some true. entrepreneurial there, an investment shit here. oh that's yeah, like that's like, good like point.
0: It. live show that is smart. the strategist live presents our our live strategy on stage for the UCP, the NDP, Stephen Carter, Corey Hogan going head-to-head, Annalise quarterbacking it, me special guesting it. 400 seats, Grand Theater, April 2nd. Carter, it's a Sunday. Yeah. They needed to know that. It is a Sunday. Okay, let's move it on to our first segment, our first segment report to obtain a minority report. Carter, China's meddling. China's meddling. Oh, yeah. Uh, There is... Pushback from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. He pushed back at questions on Friday for calling for wanting the the the, the large sort of uh, volume of individuals, the large volume that is now uh, seeming to uh, echo around the halls of Ottawa to call a public inquiry into the claims that Beijing interfered in Canada's recent elections. I'll add plural. Stephen Carter telling reporters that probes are already underway and are sufficient. This, of course, is uh, uh, on the heels of reporting by the Globe and Mail and by Global News, indicating many things that China interfered in our 2019 and 2021 elections, that there was a gift uh, through a Chinese functionary given to the Trudeau Foundation of $200,000, which they have recently returned, uh, and that there were attempts for misinformation and disinformation campaigns as well as localized tactics that try to swing certain writings Stephen Carter we talked about this at the tail end of our last episode the patreon episode and I want to kind of bring yeah. people into this I wanted to get I got your guys's top line thoughts and I want to do that again because today I want to spend the majority of this episode talking about the soup that Trudeau's in is it too hot is it a soup that he can get out of? Is it a soup that he should try to get out of? But Stephen Carter, on the facts that you see right now, the question I asked you last time, how fucked is the prime minister? Let me ask you a different question yeah. to kind of make it even more zoomed out, even more 30,000 feet. Um, how fucked is the situation in your mind? How fucked is the situation as we know it right now? Because that's the only way I know how to ask it, as we know it right now. In your mind, as a political practitioner, as a political watcher, Um, The situation of Chinese meddling and interference into our elections, how fucked is it from everything that you know at the
1: moment? I think it's less fucked than we think it is, but probably more fucked than it should be. Um, So I don't believe Mm. these giant sweeping state—like, the idea that China has— influenced our elections, um, you know, even the word influence seems to imply some sort of uh, outcome, right? Like that they, they have, in fact, changed the potential outcome of the election or the direction of the, of the election. I don't believe that to be true. I believe that the, you know, the, the worst thing that we would have seen is that the Chinese attempted to influence our election um, with minimal results, uh, maybe they swung an elect, you know, an individual MP. I'd actually be shocked if that were the case. I think that there are, uh, that 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 would be a very tricky thing for an outside for a gov- out foreign government to do, but i 'm not surprised that we 're seeing allegations of foreign government interference in our elections um that 's been ongoing i mean we 've seen Russia play in the united states we 've seen Russia play across the western world. I would imagine that russia's playing in in Canada in some fashion. Uh, we have enemies throughout the world that want to that want to not necessarily influence the course of action within a specific outcome. We need Justin Trudeau, or we need Pierre Polyev. But what they want to do is so, so distrust in the system. And they they want to undermine democracy, so that democracy becomes a less favorable form of government. And I'm, I'm sure that they've been, they were active. I'm just not sure what the impact of that action is on our actual elections.
0: Save the thought on undermining democracy and their success on that front. Corey, The question is, how fucked is the situation? I asked you last time how fucked Trudeau is. Trust me, I'll get to that. In your mind, give me your top-line view. How fucked is the situation from what we know? And then I'll come back to you, Carter, on your your notion of the Chinese interference successfully undermining democracy. But Corey, first.
2: I go back and forth on this, Zane, because there's a couple of things that um – I think we just need to put in perspective. One is that countries influence other countries' elections. They have since the beginning of elections, right? And it happens in ways big and small, in ways that we find offensive and innocuous all of the time. I mean, Mm -hmm. we have foreign ownership of most of our major press in this country when we start thinking about post media or at least the print media there, right? You you can't tell me that when the owners or when the publishers put out like an editorial on the front page, putting it yellow – Saying you've got to do this during the election and that's, that's ultimately tra- traced, you know, not the words, but the ownership goes back to New York City and, and private equity. Well, is that, maybe that should be a problem, right? Um, certainly we've heard all sorts of stories about Russian meddling and Russian inter- interference. Um, you, but you don't have to go back very far in history to find other times where, Uh, Words said money spent has affected elections in the Western world and beyond. It, It happens, right? And I think we need to start with kind of a baseline. This happens. And it's probably not a realistic thing to say we are going to absolutely eliminate this. We need to talk about what we need to do to manage this. In my opinion, that includes having an informed electorate. That includes having an electorate who is willing to hold people to account for this. Um, But I want to argue the other side that we are in a unique and bigger problem right now too and maybe build on some of the points Stevens made. So one of them is that um, we're now in a much more interconnected world and there's more tools available to people. And we have a situation now where you can sit in downtown Moscow and you can have advertisements that are potentially going to affect an election in Canada or downtown Beijing or whatever you want. And that interconnectedness of the world presents, I think, uh, more kind of opportunities for threat that we need to be vi- uh, aware of there, too. The other is that that influence is now occurring at a like state-to-person level. So you have propaganda coming in disguised as the commentary of other people in your country, and it's going to individuals, right? Mm. And it's not not necessarily being routed entirely through organizations. So we just have more people that we need to have ready and, and aware of these things and alert to these things. And I do think that our big falling down right now is that people are so fucking gullible and so willing to eat the bullshit that's fed to them if they think it feeds their side or supports their side or, you know, is something that reflects the worldview that they want to have, that they're digesting a lot of tripe from China, from Russia, from the United States, and frankly, from us as Canadians, too, probably in much larger volumes than most of those other places. So there's a lot going on here and there's a lot to unpack, Uh, but ultimately, This is all creating a bit of a cloud that is causing people to have questions about elections. And while I think that Stephen's probably right that it's unlikely that we've actually seen any number of elections flip, I think even one would be surprising to me too. Maybe one, maybe two. Mm -hmm. Certainly not enough to change the government at this point. It certainly seems to be the consensus of reporting. We now have a huge percent of Canadians who support the conservatives who believe this election is illegitimate, this most recent election, based on polling that we've seen. Uh, as of last week. And that's a huge problem. Carter, I'm going to pick up on exactly
0: that point. You said this concept of the Chinese successfully undermining our democracy. When you can get nearly half of conservative voters to think that the election was stolen, to get a majority of Canadians uh, to suggest that there was something going on here in, in the broadest of terms... Have they already not succeeded, they being China in this particular case? Has this week not been part of the success? They may not have flipped an election, but is this kernel of doubt, this kernel of legitimacy that they have planted in the overall Canadian psyche, not exactly, or at least in part, the goal that that many... Uh, foreign actors would want uh, playing out in in, in Canadian life sure, right
1: Sure but let's not give them credit for actually creating that. I mean what's what's creating the 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 negative feeling towards election outcomes? Well th-
0: that that's right? interesting to me. What you don't you don't you, what do you give me your 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 analysis of what what is amplifying this this um, this doubt or this skepticism or this no. I think you that, don't think that's a. F-
1: I think Occam's razor would indicate that the probably the most likely source of this, this lack of trust of, of the elections comes from the significant lack of trust in the American election, uh, down south. I mean, Corey mentioned the, the ownership of media being, uh, largely American. Well, I mean, sure, he's talking about the newspapers, but where do we get our news from? Uh, you know, too many Canadians are consuming Fox News as though it's real news. I mean, we're seeing, um, you know, the the complete, uh, you know, we're seeing really behind the scenes right now with the Dominion voting uh, scandal and how Fox News knew that it was lying to its viewers, but they were doing so for business reasons uh, about the big fraud, about the big steal. Um, when you've got an entire news network that's owned by a different country that is spewing filth within its country, but is consumed within our country, um, it's no question that it's going to, to actually have some impact. Uh, so I don't believe that just a few headlines, um, saying that China's interfering in our, interfering in our election has done this. What we've done is we've preset the, the soil. We've tilled the soil with Fox News for, for two and a half years or two years that, that this election has been stolen down in the States and you can't trust elections unless the Republicans win. And then it's been jumped on when we've seen the first pieces of evidence in Canada that this is going on as well. Uh, I I think that it's, this is a it's much bigger point. It's, it's much bigger than just one 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 set of circumstances
0: can I get your perspective on this too? You know, whether the Chinese have been successful in their... I know it's such a big question to ask, and there's a lot to unpack. But as we're in analysis mode, before we get into strategy mode, Carter makes a point that was definitely unearthed in the United States with Russian interference, which was the the big sort of thrust of the Russian interference in the bot farms and the troll farms was to create the conditions that they knew the American uh, public would respond to, that this is already a fractured, divided, polarized, use your word, um, uh, electorate, and that if they prodded and poked them in certain ways, they would do the work for the Russians, that the Americans themselves, with their current state of being, would advance Russia's goals without even knowing it because their hatred of each other uh, overarched or was greater than their hatred or their dislike of any foreign actor or, or, or anything beyond uh, the blue and the red. Your thoughts on, on, on you know, the fact that we're having this conversation, perhaps a meta-narrative, but the fact that we're having this conversation this week at this particular volume and pace across the country, isn't that a metric of success to, to what Chinese interference could look like?
2: Yeah, it's kind of what I meant by this environment being different and our willingness to swallow tripe putting us at risk and that we need as citizens to have better antibodies for this stuff and, and inoculate against it. Our inability to set aside this partisanship is putting our country at risk. It's put the United States at risk. It's putting democracy at risk because, um, you know, authoritarian countries have come to the very logical conclusion that they can really fuck with us just by making us fuck with each other. Mm. And and there's this weird uh asymmetry to the warfare now in in terms of this psychological warfare and this ability to persuade us to you know support something simply because we think it will help the liberals or help the conservatives or help the republicans or help the democrats if that's our side, right? And Ultimately, yeah, I think that is the bigger risk. Although we shouldn't set aside the, the, the lower risk with higher consequence, which is swinging an election. I, I, I mean, one of the things I worry about a lot here is, what does it cost to swing an election? I mean, what does it cost to swing an election? Ten million, a hundred million, a billion dollars—not that. I much, mean, yeah. any of those numbers is cheaper than war, cheaper than diplomatic pressure, cheaper than basically anything China could do to try to change the opinions of the Canadian government. And we need to be alert to that and alive to that. And we certainly can't set aside and say, "Well, it's not a big deal now," as we're considering these things. But I do think that the remedies we need in the long term. I, I think we need an inquiry. Don't get me wrong. Well, this is where I want but to go. I think I'm the glad you Remedies in the long term are bigger than inquiries, and, and they have to do with us turning the page on some very bad habits that we've we've developed in the past 20 years as democracies. Yeah, but Carter, you're, you're... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Corey's point that that we need long-term
0: remedies, but respond to Corey and then answer the question that he just did. We're not from your analysis, political observer perspective. Do we need a public inquiry, Carter?
1: No. We don't need a public inquiry. What we need is effective uh, rules and regulations that that get to the heart of this. I don't think we're going to learn anything in public. I think that the better place to do this is is behind closed doors with bureaucrats and experts that actually understand uh, the nature of uh, the Internet, the nature of misinformation, the nature of uh, promoted misinformation by uh, state actors. These are all very complex issues that I think that you know, you want, you know, the public always pretends that they have the ability to understand these things. They don't. They don't pay attention enough. And especially in today's partisan world, uh, it's going to be grabbed onto by uh, actors like um, Pierre Polyev, who aren't going to be acting in good faith, who only consider the the outcome of the next election, who don't think about the long-term consequence. And they're going to uh, grab this and turn it into uh, a shit show that will benefit them at the cost of the country. And I say that um, wishing that it weren't true, but knowing in my heart that it is. Because every time they have the opportunity to to rise up and be nonpartisan, even for a moment, uh, they haven't been able to find it within themselves uh, to fight for that which is great for the country. Instead, they only fight for that which is great for themselves. Uh, and let's be very clear. There are complicated issues at play here. I mean, we've got uh, right now the United States is looking at this Dominion voting uh, issue, but they're also looking at how whether or not publishers or whether or not Internet providers like TikTok, uh, Facebook and Twitter are actually publishers like a newspaper or if they're like Mm -hmm. um, just like a bookstore, right? They're not responsible for what is published on what is being available and being sold. Um, and what is happening is that because Facebook has an algorithm that changes the way that we see things, that Facebook algorithm is ultimately responsible for a significant amount of the misinformation that is promoted and provided uh, to people. And that's not just Facebook. It's Google. It's YouTube, especially. Uh, you know, your, what's next? Uh, recommendations are oftentimes very much uh, leading you down a rabbit hole because that's where they found they can get the most viewers and keep them for the longest period of time. The American capitalist dream is draining us of the ability to communicate effectively. Uh, And Corey and I've had this argument before, right? He's always pointed back to... Uh, and I'll let you clear it up afterwards, Corey. I'm not going to make you live in my words, but the media has was very clean for like 15 minutes of our history, right? It was very clean from like the 19 late 1940s to the early 1990s, maybe depending on how you view the 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 1980s. That's that's nothing. That's a blip. When you looked at before, newspapers were torqued, absolutely torqued, and now what we're seeing is that Twitter, Facebook. Um, other big mediums that reach at a level that we never thought possible out of the pa- out of the newspaper business. those things are now changing our minds at a rate that is incalculably dangerous for the modern democracy. And China and Russia and others are you know rubbing their hands with glee because I'll tell you something. Uh, there's nothing like a little bit of misinformation to force us into a position where we act like lunatics as opposed to having, you know, like North Korea's model of being a lunatic outside the frame is not the one that people are looking at now. Now they're looking at how can we be more like Russia? How can we be more like China and stoke the existing fire rather than starting our own?
0: Ah, uh, it's a very, it's a very good point both of you have made here, right? Which is, which is, you know, um, the, the, their analysis of the Canadian electorate or the broader electorate, uh, and in some ways, their desire to want, Corey, as you've mentioned on the last show, um, you know, you, you kind of made an argument that this is above partisan politics, that we should have this moment here, that the prime minister should take this moment. I'll get to his response and what he should do shortly to kind of try to park the partisanship. In some ways, the best thing China can ask for is that this kind of takes on the partisan divides and the fractures that they have, once again, perhaps want want us to pound on. They want us to, in certain case, pound on. Them. But respond to Carter in his, in his no for a public inquiry, and then... Corey, I know you're going to hate it, but I'm going to get into the, the parties and the players. Because to Carter's point, Pierre has said Justin Trudeau's bought and paid for by China for the last 10 years. Jagmeet Singh is saying is that his minority government uh, support for Trudeau it perhaps might hinge on whether Trudeau calls a public inquiry. So there are politics here. But Corey, before that, respond to Carter on his no for a public inquiry uh, in
2: the face of your yes. Yeah, well, first off... I think Russia wanted chaos. I'm not entirely convinced China wants chaos. Like that, you know, China, China wants to assert a certain authority and to get its way, but you know, chaos is not really China's game by and large, right? So I think we have to draw a distinction between the various actors that are out there and what their motivations might be. And that's important because those motivations matter as we start thinking about where where the next attack vector may be and what we might need to shore up against, right? And so that like that that needs to be put out there. Here, S- Stephen said he doesn't think an inquiry makes sense because uh, you know he you'll get better analysis internally, and I would say yes, you will get more sophisticated analysis internally. But I don't think it's better when I think about what my worries about this are, because again, I don't think an election has actually flipped because of this. I am worried about the poison in the overall body politic. I'm worried about, yes, just one poll that shows a pile of conservatives now thinking the last election was stolen on basically one data point. And Stephen's right. The pump's been primed forever based on the U.S. conversation. But – I'm worried about that. And let's be, let's be clear about Stevens. Let's be clear. He said, let's be clear. You know, Pierre Polyev's been acting in a, in a very partisan fashion. The liberals look pretty fucking partisan here. The liberals were given advice at different points over the past five years that China might be involved and influencing elections to their benefit. And they seem to have ignored it. And I do wonder if the, if the advice had come down that China was trying to influence elections to the conservatives' benefit whether they would have taken the same approach. And I think that's a fair question. And I think it's the kind of question that you do not get to the bottom of by asking the bureaucrats to look at it. That's the kind of thing that requires an inquiry. You need to look at whether the government acted in an appropriate fashion when it was faced with the facts of the day. Now, maybe they've got good reasons for taking the the actions they did or the actions they didn't take. But I don't trust the liberals to tell me they did. I don't. I don't. Nobody should. Liberals shouldn't. That way leads to ruin. That is a madman strategy to say, I'm going to let these foxes tell me the hen house is fine. So, like, that's just my baseline going into it here, Zane. But, you know, ultimately, there's a lot of problems that need to be unpacked. And and what I worry about for all of us as Canadians is we're now going to start pinging around like crazy on like 40 different issues. And, uh, you know, and it's going to get worse, not better. Because what we do need more than anything is to take a breath and say, what are people trying to do? What are we trying to do? How can we act to to meet those kinds of goals that we've set for ourselves? Carter? Foreign affairs.
0: You're not working for the prime minister. You're not working for the prime minister just yet. But I'm going to ask you about the prime minister. You're, you're, You're keenly observing Justin Trudeau this past week. Why do you think he's saying no to a public inquiry? Is it, and I'm going to throw out a few options, and it could be none of these, it could be all of these, it could be a convergence of these, is it that they might have something to hide? Is it that he thinks it's going to be wholly unsatisfactory, like that there's not going to produce the sort of closure that the public wants? Is it because he still wants range of motion to call an election, and he's probably happy to take the licks right now, if that means he can have that range of motion and, and not have a public inquiry hang over his head? Is it something from your keen political observation, from you knowing Justin Trudeau, from you knowing the liberals, give me your best take, Carter, because I haven't heard a clarifying take in this past week that I've actually bought into just yet, maybe you're going to give me one. Why is Justin Trudeau not calling a public inquiry?
1: I think it's because he knows the complexity of what, what's behind it. I think that, you know, it, this public inquiry, it, you know, how far is it going to be able to delve into, like there's certain practicalities that will need to be addressed. How far will the public inquiry be allowed to delve into matters of national security? How would you differentiate between uh, items of, Uh, political importance and uh, items of political uh, of national security. Because ultimately, when we're talking about working with foreign governments, we're not we're no longer talking about uh, just simple politics as usual. We're now talking about issues that will have national national security ramifications and doing that type of conversation in public is generally contraindicated. Uh, Because we don't want the public to know we don't want the other side to know what we know about them. We may not even want to know we may not want China to know what we know what that they know what they're doing. We know what they're doing. Now that's public. Is that what we actually wanted? Does that make sense? The leak that came out was a leak for a reason. It's because it's not, you know, it's not like we've gone out and released this information for public cons- consumption because we think that that's in the best interest of everybody in, in Canada. It's not. Um, it's probably in our best interest that bureaucrats and uh, uh, diplomats try and figure out how we're going to deal with China um, spying on our country Uh, trying to influence our elections and trying to create outcomes that they find desirable um, using uh, very uh, detrimental tools uh, for the country of Canada. The fact that we've, you know, the fact that Justin Trudeau has avoided talking about a public inquiry makes sense to me because a public inquiry is going to make a complex situation more complicated, period, end of sentence.
0: Well, Carter, hold, 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 hold that thought. Hold that thought for a second, because I want to go to Corey on this. Corey, your take. Why is Justin Trudeau refused time and time again, perhaps even to the his own sort of detriment and getting sharp elbowed, being called smug, being called uh, like he's trying to hide something? He's spent political capital, whether he knows it or not, whether he likes it or not. He spent political capital this week by refusing a public inquiry. Why do you think he's refused that public inquiry?
2: yes yeah, so if we want to be charitable stevens outlined a list of reasons why the complexity of the issue the diplomacy that might be affected by it the national security considerations here um, but the problem with all of that is it still ultimately appears to be to the benefit of the party in power even if that's kind of like a side effect and not the main effect that they were going after here so if what carter has said is true if that is the concern that justin trudeau had then the minute this happened. The minute he got that memo from his security advisor saying China is trying to influence elections, should have talked to those security advisors, said, you don't think it's Aaron O'Toole? You don't think it's Andrew Scheer? Whatever the timing was, right? You mean you mean years year. ago, just to be clear. You don't mean years, this past yeah, week. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking years ago. Yeah, But I'm talking not just years ago, but every time this issue has come up, he should have convened the other leaders and he should have said, this is what the intelligence says. This is what the possible consequences are. I understand the awkward situation this puts you in. Here is why as prime minister, I believe I need to not act on this information in this way. And because what's most important to me as the prime minister in a democracy is that we can all agree that this is being done in a fair and open way. My commitment to you is this is a matter of statecraft. It is way beyond politics. And I am involving you in these conversations as we go forward. But because to our knowledge, nothing like that has occurred. Right, Because the liberals decided to self-manage something that was to the benefit of the Liberal Party of of Canada, right. there are a lot of questions that need to be asked at this particular moment. So let me give you a bit of an uncharitable read as to why Justin Trudeau didn't do anything about it. Maybe Justin Trudeau didn't do anything about it because he didn't think it was a big deal as long as it was his party benefiting because it seemed like a pretty modest tweaking or thumb on the scale – And ultimately, oh my God, if I bring this up, I'm going to have candidates who are called into question here, and that's going to hurt, right? That's a possibility. And that's a reason why I think we need people to get to the bottom of this here. Carter, I'm going to now ask you to work for Justin Trudeau.
0: So you gave me your observations. You are team no public inquiry. You take on a gig with Justin Trudeau tonight, Sunday, March 5th. And you have seen how Friday went. You've seen how tense that press conference was, or those those questions were with the press. You've seen the growing calls of the opposition parties to call a public inquiry. The first question you have to ask for Justin Trudeau when he calls you tonight is, Carter, can I get away? Is there any room for me to not have a public inquiry, what is your answer to him? Or are you saying, sir, it's inevitable at this point? Corey, I'm coming to you with the same question in a moment.
1: Uh, it's not inevitable at all. But the first, absolute first step to avoiding a public inquiry is what Corey talked about with bringing the other leaders together. It, It is the only way that a democracy can function under this type of threat is if everybody is on the same team. And Bringing everybody onto the same team requires leadership. I'll tell you something. If this prime minister did brief Pierre Polyev and Jagmeet Singh, and now they are taking these public positions, they should be roasted. They should be absolutely de- roasted uh, by the Prime Minister and his and his staff. You mean,
0: you mean the public positions I just talked about with Jugmeet <laughs> saying he's not ruling out the public because now inquiry they're for, playing, for the government? You're yeah. playing
1: politics with national security. And you can play politics with a lot of things, but you cannot play politics with national security. And so if 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 they were briefed, then the prime minister's office has the opportunity to, to roast them, uh, to absolutely just burn them, to, to point to all the meetings where they were briefed on this scenario. Clearly, because that hasn't happened, one has to assume that th- the opposition wasn't briefed. The only way you're going to get to avoid a public inquiry is to share all the information that you have with the party leaders and their designated uh, critics um, to ensure that the information, and it needs to be shared in a confidential fashion. That's the only way that this actually proceeds. If it is held internally, if it is continued to be held by the liberals, then they are heading towards a public inquiry. There is no question. They will ultimately have to fail um, and they may lose their government if they don't, in fact, go that direction. Um, so... You know, they'll wind up caving eventually. So you may as well give the information that you have to the opposition leaders and hope that it's enough and not partisan enough um, that, you know, the opposition leaders are, and I guess the opposition leaders are mature enough that the opposition leaders don't demand, um, you know, that that public inquiry continue uh, anyways.
0: Uh, Corey, you know, when we chatted last on Friday both of you mentioned Trudeau's kind of fucked on the fine, fabulous or fox scale, right? You guys uh, qualified that with your own rationale and your own reasoning, Corey. But I'll ask you this. Is a public inquiry inevitable for Justin Trudeau? I don't want to relitigate the past. I just want to flash forward. Same thing to you. You've been hired on tonight to join Carter. Is a public inquiry inevitable? Is all this song and dance that Carter's talking about of of, of, of briefing folks, it's, is it too late are we headed down to public inquiry tracks? Should we just get the shortest distance there and call that shit Monday morning? What do you think, Corey?
2: Yeah, um, I do think that the challenge with the tactic of bringing in the party leaders at this point is it does seem like it's damage control and not the liberals themselves taking a position on this. Now, depending on the facts at play, it might still be an option, right? You could sit down with Pierre Polyev and, and Jugmeet Singh and the National Security Advisors team and, and say, listen... There are things that have not been in the media and we need to now talk about them as party leaders and maybe it was not – you're going to have to eat a little bit of shit and say, I should have brought you in on this sooner. But here is why I had to act the way I did and here you are, right? Would you Uh, you tell the – how do you tell the public that that's happening
0: or do you not? You
2: don't. You don't. You don't. don't. And you say – and so we're all going to have to cool it. Right. Or whatever it is. Like, we just don't know the facts and our imaginations can go further. here. Sure. Of course, again, but ultimately, I do think that Stephen is right. Like it's it's got to have external eyes on it. And maybe it doesn't need to be an inquiry, but it needs to be something that allows us all to have some confidence that there's been some sort of view on on all of this here. I, I, that's just the challenge that we have. Carter, then. OK, if my question was
0: directly about the public inquiry and, and um, perhaps preventing it, if you're Trudeau. What's your optimal strategy right now? Like what is like, so work together here define an optimal pathway going forward for Trudeau on Sunday night, right? I asked you about the public, think of all the other instruments that he has, judicial inquiry, elections Canada, all the others, the bureaucratic version of all this, the parliamentary committee that has been suggested, uh, many different permutations, combinations, instruments. There's other options, dragging your heels, losing more and spending more political capital, because you think that there's a potential road down there. I'm giving you now every option on the table. Start devising the optimal pathway. What's the well, first building block?
2: Go, go, ahead, go ahead, Corey, and then Carter. Yeah. You want to, Corey's clearly yeah, very, very keen, keen to jump in on yeah. this. Yeah. Well, every day that passes and every day that you drag your feet on this, the fewer options you have, right? And the fewer flavors of the options you have. It's like hanging in a uh, report late at school. It better be great. If you're going to hand it in late, right? And, and the problem is now the expectations are going to continue moving past him until he has no choice but an inquiry. And, you know, we've talked about this before and it's worth saying again because it's good advice just in general for life, but certainly in politics, which is don't spend two weeks defending the indefensible, right? Issues management 101, crisis management 101. The first thing I always say to my clients, you know, my bosses, anything like that when we're working on a crisis is, okay, but are we wrong, right? Think about it in terms of, uh, you know, policy and process and content and all of those things. And you say, all right, but but are we actually wrong? Because everybody has an instinct when they're under attack to to defend, right? It's this fight or flight that's there. And if you're not fighting, you're fighting. And if you're saying all of a sudden, they're wrong, fuck them, we're right. And you start digging in your heels only to find two weeks later, you have no choice. You've just bloodied yourself for two weeks for nothing. And so you've got to put your ego aside. You've got to say, what's the best way out of this? Where do we ultimately think this is going to land? Do we reasonably think we can head off the things that the other people are calling for? And if not, fail fast. Don't spend two weeks defending the indefensible, right? Move forward. That's advice that you can take not just at the moment, but every moment after, right? So on Monday, call the inquiry. Would have been better you did it last week. Still better than calling it next week. Right, You want to have as little time as possible where you're defending the indefensible. So, Corey, is it fair
0: to say that your, a version of your optimal strategy would be tomorrow morning, call the inquiry?
2: I just I, – you know what? I think that there's got to be two things that happen first. I think you have to have a version of that meeting with the party leaders. Yeah, yeah that Carter mentioned. You know, and yeah. we talked about this on the Patreon, right, where you say – my advice would be to call the party leaders – I think I was just saying Polyev at the time, but obviously Singh has jumped into this over the weekend in a big way, suggesting that the government itself might fall on this, might be a condition of his support. You call the party leaders and you say, I'm going to call this inquiry because I think we're at the point where we need to for the sake of this democracy. But listen up. This is way bigger than politics. This is way bigger than one election, way bigger than one party, or even the three parties that are here right now. This is about our country and our system of government. And everyone is going to have to be, take this pretty fucking seriously, right? So I'm going to build this. I'm going to build this to the specs that the three of us can all agree with here. I'm going to share with you the national security considerations that led to some of these activities so we can shape it all right now in a way that's going to be as least damaging to our country as possible and most supportive of our democracy as possible. But the flip side of this deal is we all have to put Canada first here. And I know we're all going to have different views as to what that means, but this can't be about political games. This absolutely cannot be about political games. And when you've had that conversation and when you've shared the intel you think you can share, you call that inquiry and you have the three of you call that inquiry together. You stand up together and say, we take this very seriously. And so we are collectively doing an inquiry with these parameters this way, and we are going to – you know. We're going to abide by it. We're going to treat it seriously. And this is not about politics. It's not about games. This is your three leaders of the three major parties collectively saying, "This can't be done. Not in Canada." Carter, I'm going to I'm going to let you
0: respond to that. I'm going to ask you about um, your optimal strategy. Perhaps even building on what Corey said here as well. But respond to Corey's uh, uh, sort of. Uh, Ideal optimal strategy in two ways. Number one, is this a bunch of fairy tale bullshit? Like, can it actually happen? Three political leaders who go at each other on a daily basis. Like, do you think this is viable and possible? That's part one of my question. And part two, Carter, if you were advising Jagmeet Singh and Polyev as their campaign strategists, as their political strategist, I'll underline that. And I won't ask you to, you know, just take the partisan route, but you are hired, you are paid to score political points, whether on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly basis. What is your response to that request by Justin Trudeau? So number one, is this fairy tale and bullshit that Corey's proposing? And number two, if you're working for Polyev or Singh, and Trudeau calls you into that, you're the campaign slash political strategist paid to score the political points. How are you responding to that? But
1: two-part question. Yeah. So first of all, I think it's a little bit um, like, I don't think that it's fanciful or, or bullshit what Corey's describing. I think that what Corey's describing is, in fact, uh, what my preferred mechanism would be to go through. But is it is it possible? Hang, is it possible hang, from hang, everything hang, we've hang, seen? Hang on there, Mr. Happy. I'm going to tell you how fucking possible it is. What makes it possible, it, you're not going to get to the public inquiry. What you're going to do is you're going to bring them together and you're going to say, this is all the information and your goal is to make this whole problem go away. It's not to try and get to a public inquiry in some other fashion or to, you know, show some sort of you know group effort.
0: Oh, that's interesting. If you can get so, them, so unlike Corey's yeah, If you can get them all
1: in the same room, Zane. If you can get them all in the same room, then I, your ideal path isn't to ultimately get them all to agree to an inquiry. Your ideal path is to get them to say, holy shit, now I understand. You're right. Let's form a special um, committee that's a, that's a secret committee that's going to be looking at this, that's going to address the issues as as we see them. But we agree, uh, Pierre and Jagmeet and the prime minister all agree that, that this is best handled outside of the public eye for a number of reasons. Not the least of which is uh, we know that China's spying on us, and we don't want them uh to take to get take another step forward um and and so that's where I think that that the plan kind of failed is that if he can get them all in the room uh, and if this is actually you know as, the way I've described it as as kind of a a significant issue that needs to be addressed collectively, then the best possible outcome isn't an inquiry. The best possible outcome is that this gets off the front page and gets dealt with where it should be dealt with behind the scenes by experts who know what they're doing. And that means that the step that Corey described right off the bat, that the prime minister skipped, that he should never have skipped, which was to bring in the other party leaders. So, uh, so that this didn't even look partisan. He needs to undo that mistake by inviting all of those part, all of those leaders uh-huh. in, right now, and if he can do that, great. If not, then he may as well lose the government, because... It's Carter, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm gonna let you off the hook for a second no. on, oh. on the, on the question of what you do as okay. a poly and jug meat strategy, political okay. strategist, and when that question would be answered. Corey, respond to that. Uh, and I got a very simple for, uh, question for you. Uh, is this fairy tales and bullshit, uh, what Stephen Carter is now presenting? Uh, because I thought your version of this was, uh, fanciful and out of reach. What do you think of Carter's version of this? Getting them in the room is, and you, and you almost avoid an inquiry.
2: No, I I don't think you avoid an inquiry. Again, that's that's a more sophisticated option. It might actually lead to better outcomes of statecraft if it had been done five years ago or better two years ago even. But it's not better today because now it's blown into the open. Now half of conservative voters, I'm rounding up aggressively, but think this election was potentially stolen. And now, unfortunately, we, I think we do need to deal with this, uh, through some sort of public mechanism. Um, because unfortunately, otherwise, like, where does it go away? If there's one thing we've learned about, I don't know, like the last 30 years is you, you we are no longer in a place where you can negotiate away a movement. And I actually think the perfect example of this was the, 2011 when danielle smith tried to cross from the wild rose with the wild rose caucus to the pc party of jim prentice and ultimately it didn't work and the wild rose continued to exist because it's not about leaders it's not about individual people it's about the mob it's about this crowd of people online who have already staked out ground and and it's a living organic thing and you don't change its mind with like this one flick of a switch where you convince one guy Pierre Polyev you've got to over time gradually reduce the mob's you know fever and and temperature on these particular matters so It's going to have to be dealt with in the public now and and that's, again, probably unfortunate because if this had been done differently five years, two years, one year ago, maybe different outcomes. But because it was spilled onto the front pages and because it now looks like the liberals were trying to hide something, I I just don't see another option that's going to have the same – I think that this is important. I I think that democracy is important and worth fighting for and I just don't give a shit. Whether the liberals think that it's convenient or not to have a public inquiry, we need all of our leaders to get together and deal with so, this. Is so
1: wrong Carter? on so many different fronts. Um, yeah, Carter. I mean, Carter. Yeah, he's
0: wrong. These are, these are I understood. I'm going to ask you. I'm, I'm moving because, on I'm because you the asked the podcast, me the question. You, you me the
1: question of what I would advise well, Pierre Polyev and Jugmeet Singh about this. I asked, this I, asked quite, you the I question was no, I haven't gotten of this. the answer no, yet. I have no, Let me summarize
0: because people I, can't I, follow follow you, Carter. People can't. This is by the way, April second. This amazing <laughs> banter, okay, can be yours. April second, thirty dollars. We're gonna have
2: PowerPoint.
1: Yeah, we're gonna do some and some and brilliant were talking talking about PowerPoint. It's at
0: the Flanagan Theater, which is not named. We thought it was named after Tom Flanagan. It, it is not named I after, after a Tom Flanagan. Giants
1: fur coat, gigantic buffalo coat.
0: That's right. like that we both referenced that. April 2nd. It's a Sunday, right? So parking will be free. Oh, yeah. Uh, you great show point. up. Yeah, it's, it's an excellent point, right? So you're yeah. you're showing up, okay? You're getting Stephen Carter. You're getting Corey Hogan. You're getting the pathway for the next Alberta provincial election. It's half sold out. To my surprise, not to theirs. April 2nd. Thestrategistlive.ca. Great place to buy a ticket to Abbotsford. Okay, I'll just leave that there. Um, <laughs> Carter... <laughs> Carter, I'm coming back to you on this. So both of you have this... No, no, no Both of you. Both of you. Hold on. Let me let me, let me just make it clear. For the, both of you, in your optimal strategy for Trudeau, have a conversation with the other party leaders. Where you guys diverge. Corey thinks the inevitability is you come out, you call it together. That's your optimal scenario. Yours is you deal with it in the room. You blow them away with the holy shit of, of what they should have known three, four, five years ago. And you try to keep it contained. You get the public inquiry off the page. They agree to that. Okay. Yeah. Carter. Your job is to score political points for Pierre Polyev and Jagmeet Singh. If that ask is made, regardless of show up with me hand-to-hand, trifecta handshake, and call a public inquiry, or let's leave this in the room to our experts, what are you telling them to do as a political strategist, Stephen Some Carter? issues
1: are more important than winning a political—getting uh, a political win. Uh, some issues, like—, uh, like Dealing with foreign affairs uh, require states people. They require diplomatic solutions. The idea that you're just going to be able to, um, you know, win a political point and then put the genie back in the bottle. Like this is where Corey's idea is off. Oh, we'll just, we'll, we'll call a public inquiry and then the genie will go in the bottle and all of a sudden all of these, uh, people who believe that the election was unfair will see that it was fair or see that we fixed the problem. And when their team doesn't win next time, uh, they'll be all fine. That's bullshit. They will not be all fine. We need, to, and the reason that they will not be all fine is because we've, we, and especially the americans have gone to politics at all costs always trying to win the next political outcome creates nothing but havoc you there are certain things that are above the politics and foreign affairs is the epitome of that thing. This is it, kids. You would Don't, truly say that to absolutely. them, Carter, In the heat of the moment, knowing Stop the size it, of the prize
0: that. A, government, that a government could fall, you would actually tell the, them the that? The
1: price of, of government falling uh, and then winning after this, the price is too high. The price is too high to simply win an election. You cannot win your election this way and expect that there'll be an election afterwards and an election after that because ultimately you will face the electorate again as well and it might be your ass on the fucking line next time. Democracy is fragile. Uh, that's good. Democracy
0: is that's fragile. Good, I mean, people... People who know the Carter, uh, the character of Stephen Carter would not expect that answer. People who know you personally certainly would expect that answer, knowing how passionate you are about this.
1: And, Democracy is um, everything. And we, we are yeah, yeah, so no, no. You close. Know, you, you know I know. We that. are so close uh, to losing Corey, it at all times. And, and, you know, Corey and I, we, we talk about this the walk we had in Washington where we talked about the future of politics.
0: Oh, I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah I wasn't there. I wasn't yeah, we didn't, we, didn't, we invite didn't invite you. you. <laughs> yeah, we stuck on the we talk about yeah. that
1: all the time. And one of the reasons we talk about it all the time is because so much of what we discussed about how fragile democracy was and the, the argument of how fragile it might be has come to pass. We have seen our democracy begin to crumble at the seams. And... Pierre Polyev, unfortunately for me, Pierre Polyev is part of the problem. I don't believe, I think we will wind up in a public inquiry, because I don't believe that Pierre Polyev is mature enough to put the needs of the country before the needs of his own self.
0: No, it's, it's a good point. Um, mm. it's, it's something that we're all passionate about in, many, in in ways, I mean, despite the, I shouldn't say the personas we have on this show, no, but we're despite all very the, dramatic. the fact that everything's we, about We're political. all
1: emphatic about democracy. We're all emphatic about democracy.
0: By the way, I'll plug an organization I sit on the board of called the Samara Center for Democracy, which uh, which does amazing work in that in that regard. Are you yeah, trying to big, time, big with time us right time. now oh, dude, you say no, that you care no, about I've democracy more? Than you. Am, I, I'm am, am I doing a talk on Tuesday with yeah, the Walrus, with Catherine McKenna and James Moore? I am. Yeah, I am doing that on Tuesday, uh, where people can sign Hold up online. Hold on, you're going to actually a- be at that the live show and not
1: just be a fucking special guest?
0: Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I might just I might just show up and oh send a okay. Zayn impersonator. Corey, this is can I can I ask you a slightly different question, Corey? No, like n- I want to talk about this. No, one first. I can ask you a slightly different question because I it is, is going to answer in something bunch. different. Just can I try it? I, okay. I think this is a fascinating thing Carter's brought up, and maybe you, you guys don't agree. Are we undervaluing the political points that you may be able to get as taking the root of statesperson?
2: <sighs> you know what. I interesting question. Maybe I'll answer it in a minute. Here's what we need to talk about first. <laughs> Fuck off. Stephen Carter's entire rant there, yep. righteous rant, yep. was predicated on the idea that the liberals did nothing wrong. No, it's that not. If something went no, wrong, it is because Wait, ultimately, I don't think I see it either, Corey. Why? Why? Why is it all predicated on that? Because the right thing to do to defend the democracy of this country is actually to hold Justin Trudeau to account if something has gone awry or even if there's some ambiguity about that. So what you're saying so is I that, don't
0: – yeah, right. Him bringing I, I, in the I think the it's
2: kind of a bullshit argument to suggest and it's, it's the same like kind of partisan disease to suggest that – that Pierre Polyev is somehow acting against the interests of this country if he has reason, truly reason to believe that the liberals are happily complicit, even if it is just, you know, inactively in China trying to influence elections towards their favor. Well, I think you're
1: skipping over a couple of steps in my argument. I mean, I do want the the conservatives and and the NDP to be brought in. I do want there to be a special House of Commons committee to address this. I do wish that they'd gone back in time and done this properly from the beginning, but they didn't, and I just don't think that the solution is to take this into the public realm i don't have confidence in the public in this fashion i know we talk a lot about great democracy have, but democracy so has can, secrets can i be too. clear
0: do you not have confidence in in the public realm or do you feel like it will be wholly unsatisfying with how much can is has to be redacted and is confidential and that cannot be disclosed in the public realm? Like You're make sure I want to make sure we're talking about the right in the thing. The public here.
1: that's not going to be actually created. You're looking for a magic unicorn rather than something that actually can be created. This isn't something that's going to change people's minds and come up with an outcome that says, "Oh, now I get it. Now I can believe in democracy again." What you want is for this to go off the front pages so that people forget it and they move into yeah. a brand new no. space.
2: Yeah, so this is it. This is the fucking fairy tales we tell each other. This is the, this is, goes right back to my very first comment about the fact that we need to be smarter citizens we of a can't democracy. Be. We're here. not. And we need to know that people are perpetually trying to influence elections. Perpetually trying to influence elections. Doesn't mean we let them. Doesn't mean we just act like absolute rubes and buy into all of the bullshit that they feed us here. But, I'm sorry, if you're looking for this inquiry to come out with a silver bullet that says this is how we're going to stop China from influencing elections, that's not going to happen. But what could potentially come out of this is we could have our party leaders act in a very adult fashion. I want to get to your point, Zane, about are we undervaluing the political value of being a statesperson? Because I think Pierre Polyev in particular would benefit from that. And maybe we can have a conversation about what we can collectively do to defend this democracy. And maybe we can start to say there are some things at the water's edge now. You know, this idea that politics stops at the water's edge. Maybe we can bring a little bit of that back if we have an inquiry that's handled appropriately by all of the party leaders involved.
0: You know, neither of your responses, I will say, on the Trudeau side of things were about how, sorry you keep government. You guys are both OK with either of the two options, public inquiry or Carter. Even you're like, let's bring it in the don't for whatever conclusion. It, 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 it ultimately produces. Is it fair to say that? Like, both of you are, as political strategists brought in to help the prime minister, you think the right thing to do is to leave the future not necessarily in your control. Am I putting words in your mouth by saying that? Because that's what I'm well, hearing.
1: Well, no, I'm fine with that. Yeah, again, I mean, you are I'm fine, fine with losing no. the government on the right, pro- on the- principle. I always have been.
2: I don't think we know exactly what the facts are, which is again part of the reason why we need to look into this particular matter. I think it's one of the arguments for. Yeah, but a public you're wrong, worry.
1: and I've made that. It point.
2: is very possible. It is very possible that the liberals have acted in a way that they, you know, again, maybe they weren't even actively benefiting. Like they're not negotiating with the Chinese government or anything like that, but they're willing to say, "We don't think it's that big of a deal," and boy, we don't want to deal with it, so we're just going to kind of ignore it, right? Mm-hmm. To me, that that's one of those things that we need to explore and look into here, and that's not great, and that would be pretty bad for the liberals if that's what it ended up being. I can understand the hesitation that such facts may come out during an inquiry. Trudeau has made some pretty strong statements that this is only part of the story. Well, you know what? We didn't want to be here maybe, but we are, and so now we need to hear the whole story as Canadians, right? It's time. We've got to figure this out, and it's got to be brought into the public in some way, shape, or form. I think where there's an opportunity for Trudeau, for Poliev, for Singh, is that they can set this all aside, be states people, talk about what's in the best interest of democracy. Carter is right. It's like prisoner's dilemma on steroids mm-hmm. because you might think that like there's this benefit here, but there is kind of this overall damage to the system, right? That you've got to consider. You know, anyhow, Carter, like here's the thing. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to move this on
0: here. Uh, this is a very smart, cogent, Appropriate, like, anchored with the right principles approach that both of you put together. Regardless of the slight convergence yeah. in your, in your philosophy. Why the fuck is no one in Ottawa taking your advice? The reason I'm skeptical of what you guys have said, Pierre's not taking your advice. He's literally said Trudeau's bought and paid for. Jagmeet Singh is saying, you know, my support for the election could, uh, hinge on the public inquiry. Um, you know, Justin Trudeau, hasn't taken the, the 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 doesn't seem to have taken any of this advice either as a precursor or or telegraphing it as his next step. So I'm skeptical of what both of you are saying as valuable tethered anchored political strategy advice because I see evidence of almost none of it. So You know, help me resolve my skepticism, Carter. Like, I like what you guys are saying, but like, what the fuck is going on and what the fuck should, maybe as a segue to that, Jagmeet and Pierre do, because I want to get to that, because they have taken a very different road than what both of you suggested that Trudeau do, or what you've suggested that Jagmeet saying and Pierre Polyev should accept, if the prime minister put it on. Corey,
1: I'm going to ask you a a series of questions, okay? I'm going to go real quick. On a scale of one to ten, what is your opinion of Pierre Polyev as a political operative? (laughs) <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10, what's, what's your it? opinion of Justin Trudeau as a, on a, as a political operative? On oh, okay. a scale of 1 to 10, is what going. is your position sure. on Jagmeet Singh as a political operative? Zane, it's going to come to you as no surprise that Corey and I aren't super, super bought into the political acumen of our federal party leaders. Um And we didn't even include Elizabeth May that actually... And she actually brings down the average. Like, this, this is... <laughs> this is not an average that we're looking at and going oh wow they're probably in the eights and nines no we're looking at this average and thinking threes whole, and 4 we're
0: better than this this, Fuck, this is a group no, of I political know, like, leaders that we have been mean.
1: critical of significantly critical of for the last three I years from... shitting on these three and and being unimpressed especially with Pierre's ability to throw big issues away and just win the know, populist man. opportunity this is a man that does not understand his strength and doesn't understand what politics really is about in the in the broader scheme of things.
0: Corey. The same question to you, but also the, the heart of the question is the Pierre and Jugmeet Singh. What path should they take? You've given me a good path, perhaps a slightly noble path, perhaps. I should, I'm not going to call it naive. naive because I see no one following.
2: I mean, I feel like yeah. you just did. I mean, I just I'm not to call it that. I don't know. No, no. yeah. um, some might
0: say. You can see some of that naive thinking on stage April 2nd. I mean, it is going to be uh, quite Vote the show. for the winner. Uh,
1: Corey. Vote for the winner.
0: Let's start with Pierre Polyev. What advice would you give him right now? Because he's going to keep hearing, and he's going to say, listen, that's been working. I fucking crushed the leadership. I crushed fundraising. Uh, My party's united for the first time in a long time, and you're not going to tell me to act like a statement? How about you go fuck yourself, Corey Hogan? Tell me why I should
2: do. So I'll tell you what I do is, if I'm advising Pierre Polyev, everything I said Justin Trudeau should do, Pierre Polyev should do. First. What he should do is he should call the prime minister's office. He should ask for a meeting with the prime minister and say... I want you to know, I take this pretty fucking seriously. And I've been dwelling on this for the last bit. I I regret the line that you're bought and paid for by China. That was flip. That was in the moment. I need to cool this one down. So let's talk. You tell me everything that's going on right now. You tell Jugmeet Singh everything that's going on right now. You call for both of them to be informed. And then let's figure out a path forward together. And you know what? If the Prime Minister does as you expect and does none of that, at least down the road you can say that's what you offered him. You offered him the ability to take it seriously. And he rejected it. And that, I mean, ultimately, what path did he leave you at that point? So all there is left is an inquiry. And doing that, by the way, also boxes in Jugmeet Singh horribly. Because that would mean the prime minister also rejected giving Jugmeet Singh all of that intelligence, basically forces him to demand that inquiry in order for things to go forward. You could bring this government down by next Wednesday if you follow this approach and the prime minister plays his cards badly.
0: But that, does that allow you to still continue to be a day-to-day,
2: sure. hour-to-hour heel? No. Yeah, absolutely. No, Yeah. The minute the prime minister it, – it, it makes you stop for whatever the amount of yeah. time is between you requesting the meeting and you having the meeting. But that's it. You can be a shitheel the minute that meeting ends if if Trudeau leaves you
1: with nothing. Yeah, well, while Carter, you're at it, why don't the, the you ask Pierre have to turn into a fucking unicorn. Like, they, they have the same amount of opportunity of actually happening. <laughs> Jesus.
0: Carter, what do you think? What's the, what's the Pierre approach what's here? What's
1: the Pierre approach? Uh, what I want him to yeah. do or what he will do?
0: What you no no? no what, the, if you were advising, we always use that frame. If you were persuading him, like I shouldn't say just a, you need to persuade this guy. He's got a lane that he's picked, and he's saying, "Fuck this, man!" Like you're okay. not going to get me off. What is your? How are you persuading him to take the other lane? What is the argument you are making to say, take the statesman lane, my friend? This is why it's worth it. This is what it can. You want to be this the, is. You, you want to be the prime
1: minister. For. This, this is, is your opportunity show the show the country that you can be prime minister right now because no one believes that you can work on the on the on the big stage everybody sees you do mi- micro politics no one sees you do macro politics so if you want to do something spectacular do exactly what Corey said do exactly what Corey said but if i have that kind of persuasion skills i am going to be ri- one rich motherfucker cuz i'll just be able to walk up to millionaires and say a millionaire give me your money and they would give me all of their money Because that's the level of persuasion it would take. You're not going to convince Pierre Polyev to stop being a dick. It's the only thing he knows how to do.
0: Can he win this sort of, I shouldn't call it win. Yeah. Can he be victorious, Corey, on this file by being a dick? Because he
2: probably thinks he can. Yeah, I think he can. I mean, I, I see nothing that suggests otherwise right now. Uh, but I think that there are there are bigger risks to the democracy that yeah. if he wants to be prime minister, he should consider. And uh, I think that there are opportunities by taking that statesman approach that perhaps he would be wise to avail himself of because it would shore up some other brand attributes he has challenges with. Corey, to that to that extension then of Jagmeet Singh, this Jagmeet Singh, I shouldn't say he's
0: he, he's more malleable. But he's, he's necessarily hasn't necessarily picked a lane, so to speak, right? Like, we we, almost, we can almost write Pierre Polyev, Chad GPT style fucking statements if we wanted to on any file, because yeah. we know exactly what he's going to say. Meet Singh is, is slightly different. We, we He does a little bit of left, a little bit of right. Uh, and I don't mean that like in a political spectrum thing, but he just produces pablum at the end of yeah. the day. <laughs> um, his current statement is the public inquiry, right? I'm not ruling it out. Right. So, so, so half in, half out. I'm not ruling it out um, in terms of it, uh, you know, uh, being conditional to the support that I give to the liberals and their government. What would your advice to him be um, right now on this moment? You know, the political advice you would provide him. And then, Carter, I'm going to come to you next on this.
2: Well, let's start with I don't think he could do what I told you i think pierre polyev should be i just don't think he has the swing as the third party member i don't think it's his brand i don't think he can walk in and say you
0: mean the phone call to
2: the phone yeah, call I, we're gonna talk this is what i need from you now right like that i i don't see that working i i think the prime minister has more avenues there and says what the fuck are you doing man it, is it is also because it's, it's not it's,
0: it's almost two type rather than against type which is what it would be for pierre is that is that fair to say
2: yeah, well, it's not just it's too type, but also it it has a different feeling, almost one of like a low key blackmail, because Pierre was never with you, right? Mm. Uh, whereas Singh is in theory with you right now, so it it would come off entirely differently. It would come off as like, here's what I want for you to continue getting from me, what I already give you. Totally different energy, you know. And I I think the prime minister could rightly respond with, "We're in the same canoe, pal." Yeah, like you you know this this whole idea of like this inquiry. Like, you think this goes down, I go down on this because you're playing games with Pierre Polyev, it works out for you. You're a fool, right? You're an absolute fool if that's what you think, right? Like, I I think it would just be an an entirely different conversation. I think that for Jagmeet Singh, he needs to take a bit more of a different approach where he goes in, well, if he was going to go in, right, maybe we'll just continue with that frame and say like, so what's going on? You know, like you're saying that there's things in the public that you can't share. Um, I acknowledge that we're not like a coalition partner with you here but i need to understand this because there's a lot of things right now and i would kind of try to play it straight saying frankly i'm a little concerned and i don't have enough information not to be concerned And this is not politics this is you and me talking justin I think you need to pull yourself outside of your bubble and realize that you are seriously eroding your party's opportunities here. And, and you, you may bring down this government because it, it, there may be no other choice for any other actor here. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe use it as a bit more of an information-gathering opportunity. And again, I go back to, like, I don't know what the fuck's happening here, which is part of why I think there needs to be an inquiry. But if you're Singh, you can play that one a little bit more straight. And it's a little less about being a statesman and more about, like, talk to me here. Yeah. What the hell's happening? Right. And I think you are kind of at the last opportunity to do that, because if your rhetoric goes up even another half notch from where it is right now, you can't have that conversation and have it feel the same way. So you would,
0: to be clear, Corey, on, on what he's doing right now, you would not have advised that this this statement saying I'm not precluding in any way ruling out that it come, could come to a point
2: that we've got to exercise that ability to take down this government. No, I, th- I actually think that's fine. You think it's fine right now? OK, um, because he's he's maintaining his range of motion and it's not as though. Like that's the most obvious thing that somebody's going to ask you about. It's not as though you can just avoid cameras and microphones for the last bit. If if somebody said to the NDP right now, what do you want to do? And he's like, I'm not ruling it out. I want to hear the facts. That's a super sensible approach. But I'm saying the minute he starts going to the facts are really bad and I need I need action now, like that next dial up on the thing, you have less range of motion. So, like use this opportunity to figure out what the hell's going on you've made a comment that comment may on its surface actually be the truth that you're not ruling it out and you're not sure what's happening. Use this opportunity to figure out what's happening. All right. Uh, all, you know, good strategy comes from good analysis and there's just not enough facts on the table right now. If you're the NDP to determine the appropriate course of action, because that comment I made about Trudeau saying, Hey man, you're going down with me. That might be a hundred percent true, but if the facts are different, Maybe that's not 100% true. Uh, And you just need to know a little bit more. And your relationship with the liberals allows you access to information in a way that uh, Pierre Polyev just can't have. Carter.
0: Potentially. Great points by Corey. Carter, your take on the uh, Jagmeet Singh strategy. Should he uh, pursue an entirely different strategy? And give me your take on his current sort of public comment that he's not ruling out. Uh, taking down this government if it comes to that well, I'm point.
1: Not a bit, I'm not as big a fan report. of it as Corey is. I mean, I, I get Corey's point. Why? You know, he, he, he was going to need to say something. I, I kind of get that point. But I think that he could have just simply said, listen, there is so much that, not, that we don't know. Uh, and I'm not going to make a rash statement. Obviously, we're not going to be in a position uh, you know, we're not going to prop up this government uh, if, if we feel that an inquiry is ultimately needed. Um, but uh, right now, what we need more than, than anything is more information. Um, I think that.
2: And Mr. Singh, you don't think that would come from an inquiry? Well, I
1: think that, that that that's an open question right now. I don't even have enough information. I need, I need more information, period. The information that's coming up from the media is wholly inadequate. I'm giving a call to the prime minister right now. And the question I'm going to ask him, the question I'm going to ask the prime minister is simply this. Give me, tell me why we shouldn't have a public inquiry. Make it very clear to me, and tell me the steps that you're going to take to ensure that foreign interference is, is mitigated in our foreign in our uh, in our elections. I mean, that's the call.
2: And you're just going to take his word for it?
1: Well, I'm going to <laughs> ultimately, yeah, you're going to take his fucking word for it because ultimately, the information needs to <laughs> the information needs. To, I mean, but this is the point, though.
2: By the way, that was the laugh of the I entire right press now. gallery yeah. when you said, yeah. uh,
1: "I just yep. think that." Jugmeet Singh needs to go to the Prime Minister and say, um, tell me why I shouldn't push for this inquiry. Um, because there could be a very, very solid reason for it. Um, you just said it. Like, we don't know what what information we have, what information we don't have. I'm more comfortable than you, Corey, living in the dark on this. Um, I don't think it's necessarily my right to know uh, this type of information. Uh, others may take me to task for that, but I just think that... This is foreign intelligence, and I don't have the right to understand this. Um, So I think that— It's foreign
2: intelligence to the benefit of the governing party. How is it any different than Trump potentially getting support from Russia? this is where
1: Singh needs to make some important inquiries. But Singh, you've made a very good point that Singh is in a a unique position— where he gets to ask these questions of the prime minister with the fate of the prime minister's government hanging in the balance. If he can't get an adequate answer, then I don't think that necessarily the answer is a public inquiry. Maybe the the answer is let's have a fucking election to discuss whether or not the liberals did this appropriately or not. Um, I'm I'm thinking this is a big fucking deal. I think it's a big fucking deal. So I, I...
0: let me end on this last point before I go to the, 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 the over under the lightning round where I've got a few follow ups on this to kind of crystallize a few points. Are we still
1: for on you? the first topic? Again? An
0: election. First and only, you, Carter. You know, first Annalise
1: asks us yeah. questions about multiple topics. Yeah, there's, yeah, like, there's like three segments, four sometimes.
0: I'm like the host that now gets to do passion projects. I'm like the uh, you know the main anchor on the desk that gets thrown to the digital exclusives oh, okay. on the podcast is a different way of getting fired. Yeah, I'm that person now that gets to do their passion projects every little while. I'm like Mansbridge after he got fi- not fired, but you know you know he came back. He's like I'm going to do a, a seven part documentary se- uh, series that's going to air on fucking CBC Gem. Well, that is me. Okay. And, and you're That's welcome. Good. Corey, shot's fired at CBC Gem. Too. Ugh, I mean, it's 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 not worth the $8 a month. Um pay for that.
1: Oh, would yeah. you? How about Disney Yo, Plus card? we're back on Disney Plus. <laughs> we're back on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Of course you are. Of but, course, yeah, you're of course, you're course you said a you're getting big Netflix. Who knows Netflix, what the value of Netflix Disney Plus is gone
1: doesn't exist for us anymore.
0: Someone, by the way, if any of the media are listening, someone follow up on Krista Freeland on where she is on our yeah, subscriptions. Exactly. I think that's what Canada yeah, that's needs. A good question. Canada needs yeah. right, a subscription inquiry. check-in. <laughs> an inquiry. A subscription check-in with Krista Freeland. Corey, let's end on this point. An election. We talked about this very briefly in the Patreon episode. But is any call of an election, while this is unresolved, and I don't even know what the fuck resolved means, to be totally clear. Is any election like t- tainted, like a, a like a minority government? Trudeau could see opportunity; he could pull the trigger. Can he actually pull the trigger? Like, just I, I don't really have a question as much as I've got a notion to kind of put it out there. Being like, is the well poisoned until we've got clarity on an election call here? And like, what are the when I use you use the word range of motion often, I, I I steal it quite often. But range of motion for Trudeau and possibility on election calls are they just eliminated right
2: now? Well, uh, this is the thing that actually ties me in knots and it's why I think that any solution needs to be like an all-party solution to this, right? Whether it be an inquiry or working behind the scenes through a judicial review or anything like that because if you go into an election and this still has the level of politics it does currently – I'm really quite concerned about that. I'm very worried about that. I'm worried about that for Chinese-Canadian candidates and the potential racism that may exist Mm -hmm. there. I'm worried about that in terms of people accepting the results in certain contexts. And you're going to hear all sorts of rumors and bullshit. And by the way, we talk about China and Russia as though they are almost like the same actors sometimes. They are not. And it is not impossible to me that Russia might poke at the idea that China is influencing our elections Mm -hmm. through their own. Influence, because Russia's interests really do seem to be to sow chaos like that. Fair right? point. Yep. So like, I you know, I just I really worry about that. And ultimately, before we go into an election, what I would like to see is all of the party leaders in some way, shape or form come to a consensus about the integrity of the system. That might not be possible if the liberals have acted in a very untoward fashion. And, and you know, that is the nightmare. But this is where
1: you and I agree. But
2: I would like to get the multiple, to a point.
1: It's the multiple yeah. parties where the real – working together is the real strength here. And they have to do that for the strength of Canadian democracy.
0: We're going to leave that segment there. Move it on to our final segment, our over-under in our lightning round. Stephen Carter, we do this for you. It is all do for you. Do we really? Because you didn't
1: say that last it? time and it made me – it hurt my feelings. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, well, we we did it for
0: myself last time. Overrated or underrated, Stephen Carter. The fact that the Chinese, at least in the reporting that we've seen from the Globe and Mail and Global News, wanted a Trudeau minority, and they have a Trudeau minority on the heels of the 2021 election, we're saying correlation causation. No one is saying, even in the testimony, that they caused that. But the fact that that exists, how is that an overrated or underrated problem for the Trudeau Liberals, given the state of things right now, in the sense of that they could be looking to hide something, and so that the Chinese got what they wanted, even if they didn't necessarily construct it or, or, or make I it happen. I think
1: that that's uh, that's the actual problem with all of this. I mean, Corey keeps saying that this is uh, this is something that's happening to the benefit of the of the uh, uh, of the Liberals. I'm not sure that that's the case, but in the in the absence of other information, it certainly looks like the case. And if you know that 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 doubt that is being sown um we don't have any evidence to the contrary right now and and unfortunately without evidence to the evidence to the contrary uh we're very likely to to buy this uh this scenario that's being peddled um that this inform you know that this is the uh, this is what the chinese wanted
0: quite overrated or underrated oh, the the whole concept underrated. of yeah Thank you, Carter. uh, That the Chinese, yeah, wasn't ever looking for you to answer the question, (laughs) Carter. (laughs) Probably was looking for you to answer it after the show, (laughs) being like, "Oh, over Corey, overrated, underrated." They wanted a minority liberal government, per the reporting, per the leaking. They have a minority liberal government. Correlation, causation, as I say, but in your mind, overrated or underrated as it relates to this particular story for for the Trudeau government.
2: Uh, I think underrated, but maybe rated just where it is, because certainly it's not missed on the reporting that perhaps one of the consequences of this is that the thing that China wants least is a conservative majority. But if this election, like it's not too hard to imagine a scenario where... Either through an, the findings of an inquiry or the refusal of a government to hold an inquiry, we're in an election and that, that could potentially be the thing. Like you don't want to vote NDP or liberal. That's what China wants. China wants a minority liberal government. If you want to stick it to China, you vote for the conservatives. Like that's it's mm. a pretty stick natural China, consequence, or conclusion chicken... that you could come to.
1: No, that's –
2: Okay, Incorrect. I didn't like that. It felt yeah, okay. inappropriate. But Yeah. Yeah. I understand that it was a Bare yeah. Naked Ladies song. Stick it to China. But you know in the S- context, no? Yeah, we're
1: Stick it to China.
2: Okay. Stick it to So, Zane, the only person on this we podcast We only listen I'll talk to, to We we'll
0: we'll only listen to Bollywood music at my home. So I'm going to leave Carter out on an island to dry with that <laughs> statement. <laughs> let's see. Let's see if that's the one. Actually, you know what? Yeah, let's see if that's the one. <laughs> We we can put a best of reel, uh,
2: but that one might be the one that gets you canceled. No way. So
1: not could now. Be
2: a, a, could be a really easy ballot question for the conservatives to say: Do you want China to get what they want? And if the answer is no, you vote conservative. Fuck, then that's a hard that's a hard argument to prevent
0: against Carter. If 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 indeed the political leaders take the political partisan route, as you've suggested, Listen. they shouldn't necessarily do it. But they're pedaled to the metal so hard on Carter. Your response to that, and then I've got a question for you about Justin Trudeau. Uh, So so. respond to Corey and then it's back to you. I mean,
1: I think that this is going to be actually one of the big challenges for Justin Trudeau to lead his party into the next election. I mean, you know, this is just baggage uh, on top of baggage. I mean, there has not been a more friendly government towards China than Stephen Harper's. Um, You know, the amount of foreign investment that we saw from China that Stephen Harper's, you know, stick-handled into the country um, was significant. And at the time, heralded. Uh, and now they're the ones that are going to stand strong against China? I mean, that's that's almost ludicrous on its face. Um, but that's what happens when you're in government for a while. Everything becomes possible and you start to wear all these scenarios. And th- that, to me, is is the challenge that the Trudeau is facing. I don't necessarily think that Trudeau has been weak on China um, so much as, I think that it is plausible that people think that Trudeau has been weak on China. And therefore, it creates havoc in the future. So I am I think that that's Trudeau's great weakness in the future is, is that all of this could be plausible and that creates havoc.
0: Carter, very quickly, we're going to do very quick strategy oh rounds God, on this. Justin Trudeau this? gives you the directive. Okay. No, no, no. Oh yeah, yeah we're Justin, Justin Trudeau worry about it. has given you the directive that I like all the bullshit you're telling me, I want to drag my heels on this, how do I successfully do that? How do I successfully drag oh. my heels to the least detriment? No,
1: there's no dragging the heels. I, and I'm, I'm, I feel bad if that's what people have heard. What he should be doing
0: is... Oh no, he, he might say, Carter, I hear you, but I'm you dragging can't. my heels, there's no public inquiry. How do I best no drag way. my heels? You're fucked. Corey, same can't, question can't to you. Can't think how of do a I strategy. best drag my heels?
2: Pox on all their houses, right? Uh, Try to find evidence that some other foreign power was trying to influence things for the Russians, and maybe that's the part of the story that wasn't out there before, and maybe there's another strategic leak there. I think the challenge is that just actually increases the demand for an inquiry, but it would probably reduce pressure on you specifically.
0: Corey, I'm sticking with you. Pierre Polyev said, very nice, Corey. Statesman, yeah, yeah. I want to continue being a big fucking prick, and that is working for me. So, Corey... Tell me the best strategy for me to be a big fucking brick that could get me the maximum well,
1: political. You went to the pick. right person for that question.
2: Stay the course, big man. <laughs> no, look. I mean, I think if. What I talked about earlier about this potential strategy of going to the prime minister and saying I'm offering you the ability to elevate this yeah. to a statesperson level only works if you're willing to accept it, as Pierre Polyev. If you're not, you continue to stick that knife and you continue to identify all of the potential challenges there. You talk about it being to the benefit of um, of the uh, you know Liberal Party, but now you've got to change your focus a little bit and make it about sing. You've got to make it impossible mm. for Jugmeet Sing to support. Justin Trudeau—that's the next part of the equation for you if you actually want to ride this horse.
0: Corey, last uh, second, last question—I'm going to start with you on this one. Does or do the events of the last couple of weeks change in your mind or fundamentally whether Justin Trudeau is the leader of the Liberal Party heading to the next election?
2: Uh, it doesn't change my mind fundamentally, um, but I was already a little skeptical he was going to get all the way to the next election. I—I—I I, I don't know it. It certainly is just more baggage, but now, you know, it gets a point almost where it's too much baggage and no one wants to be the leader and you're better off being the leader that goes down with it to clear the decks.
0: Carter, so, does this I don't know. Does this change your perspective the last couple of weeks, this particular story as to whether Justin Trudeau is the leader of the Liberal Party heading into the next election? I don't think it changes
1: board. my position. I don't think that he – I think that he would be leading from a tremendous weak, weak position anyways, um, and this just, I guess, solidifies, if anything.
0: Carter, Sunday, next Sunday – By this time, is a public inquiry announced?
1: Uh, Absolutely not.
0: Corey, is a public inquiry announced? You you heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. first. There's going to be an inquiry. (laughs) There's going to be an inquiry. Corey Hogan, do you want to double down and say there's going to be an inquiry uh, as to what Stephen Carter's just said uh, on the show? By next Sunday, we're recording on Sunday the 5th, Sunday the
2: 12th. Are we have a public inquiry announced? Uh, Yes or no, Corey? That's tough because I can actually see the liberals trying to do this stepwise by being like oh we're going to do this thing instead we're going to have some committee meetings we're going to have some judicial review and and not necessarily be dragged all the way to inquiry by sunday so, uh, so you agree with me I'll say yes, because Steven said no. Well, it's a trick question. They're going to call it live on
0: April 2nd at the Grand Theater. That is when we are going to have The Strategist Live. We're going to have the live debate show and also the calling of the public inquiry by Justin Trudeau. Uh, get your tickets. They're only $30. The if you're out of town and need a ticket to the show, um, travel and accommodations, they'll probably won't get you there. The Strategist Live.com, Strategist uh, That is where you can get tickets to the show. We're going to leave it there. That's to wrap on episode 1041 of the strategist my name is zane velge with me as always Corey hogan stephen carter and we'll see you next
2: time